0: So in the 14th century, a monk at Byland Abbey found this document and it had a bunch of important records in it, including things by Cicero, but it also had some blank pages on it. And for some reason, this monk decided to use those blank pages to write down some stories, some ghost stories. And so over on the members feed, we've been sharing them. We originally intended only to do one, which was the longest of the ghost stories. But Z and I had so much fun and the whole thing feels so much like dispatches from Miskatonic University that I got some podcasting friends to go and help me out reading the rest of the stories, which will be released to the members feed in the next couple days. But because it's spooky season, I thought that you might like to hear the first of those stories. And if you enjoy this and you want to hear Z and I dig into it, Over on the members feed, we actually spend about an hour tearing apart what this story means and all the cultural bits that are in play. Here we go. Late one night, a simple tailor was riding on a lonely road from Gilling to his home in Ampleforth. His name was Snowball, and his life was about to be forever changed. But for now, things were calm just the soft touch of the wind on the air, the sound of his horse treading on the muddy road, and his own thoughts to keep him company. But after a while, he heard an odd sound. It was wet, like a flock of ducks washing themselves in the brook. Turning to see what it was, Snowball was shocked to see the dark wings of a raven against the evening sky. The raven flew straight for him, swooped around his head, and then crumpled to the ground. Its wings were bent at odd angles, and the poor creature seemed as if it would die at any moment. And so the tailor hopped off his horse and intended to take the raven. But as he got close, he saw that the raven was shooting sparks of fire from its sides. Knowing that he was in the presence of the supernatural, Snowball crossed himself and said, I forbid you in the name of God to do any harm unto me." The raven then screamed and flew a few meters away. Snowball then climbed back onto his horse and continued home. But the raven followed. It flew alongside the tailor and eventually struck him with its wings, throwing the tailor off his horse and into a dark field. Snowball, too terrified to move, lay still for a moment wondering if he may already be dead. But drawing strength from his faith, he rose and drew his sword. The raven advanced, and the tailor fought him there in the dark. He struggled against the raven until he was too exhausted to go on. Each strike was like attacking a peat sack, and he never seemed to gain any ground on the creature. In a final act of desperation, he cried out, God forbid that you have power to hurt me now. Be gone. And once again, the raven screeched and shot off like an arrow. And so the tailor returned to the road and began traveling down it in hopes of reaching his home. He had been injured from the raven's wing and from the fall. But worse, he felt a deep and terrible sickness begin to take over him. Terrified in the night and tired from the battle... He traveled with his sword held in front of him like a cross, but the raven appeared once again, though this time it was not a raven. The spirit was a dog, a fearsome and unnatural dog with a chain about its neck. The tailor only had time to wonder what would become of him, but because he was strong in his faith, he had a plan he would adjure the creature in the name of the Trinity, and by the virtue of the blood of Christ from his five wounds, that the creature would speak to him and not do him any harm. And so the tailor demanded, Spirit, answer my questions and tell me your name and the cause of your earthly wandering, so that I may help you find peace. The spirit, panting and groaning, answered, This spirit, in the shape of a dog, spoke as if it were on fire. When it opened its mouth, the tailor could see the dog's insides, and it spoke as if from its entrails and not its tongue.
1: Thus and thus I did, and for thus I have been excommunicated. Go to the priest and ask him to absolve me. Have the holy men give the full number of nine times 20 masses celebrated for me. Then, of two things you must choose one. Either you shall return to me on a future night, alone, giving me their answer, and I will tell you how you may be healed and you need not fear the sight of a wood fire. Or, if you do not do this for me, the sickness you feel in your body now will rot your flesh, and your skin shall shed from your body. Know that I come to you now because today you have not yet heard mass nor the gospel of John and have not seen the consecration of our Lord's body and blood. It is because of this that I can appear
0: to you in the power I have. The tailor, left with little choice, complied with the spirit's demands. However, he begged the thing to allow him to continue with a companion. No, said the ghost, and then he provided the tailor instructions on how to summon him once again.
1: Have upon you the four gospels
0: and the same name of victory, namely Jesus of Nazareth. The ghost then told the tailor that he was circled by two other ghosts, one who could not speak when conjured and haunted in the form of fire or of a bush, and another who took the form of a hunter with a horn. Both, the ghost told the tailor, were very dangerous to mate. The ghost warned the tailor to not tell anybody about their encounter, except the priest and the monks who the tailor would beg to save the spirit's soul. The tailor gave his word upon the stone not to reveal the secret. And he asked the ghost to meet him at Hodgebeck and wait for him there. The ghost shrieked and refused. So the tailor said, Go then to Byland Bank. And the ghost gladly agreed. With this resolved, the tailor continued his journey in the dark. And once home, he fell to his bed and stayed there for days in serious illness. Eventually, he became well enough to venture out, and he traveled then to York, to seek the priest who had excommunicated the spirit and to plead for its absolution. But when the tailor told this tale and asked for forgiveness on the spirit's behalf, the priest refused and he called the chaplain to discuss it with him. The chaplain heard the tale and called another chaplain and they called another. They discussed in secret the absolution of this spirit that was once a man who had done something so sinful and sinister that he had to be condemned in this way. Watching this and knowing that failure in his quest would result in his death, the tailor took the priest aside and asked him, sir, you know the mutual token that I hinted in your ear? And the priest answered, yes, my son. And so the tailor paid the priest five shillings, and the priest wrote the absolution on a piece of paper and gave it to the tailor. To keep it all secret, the tailor was bid to bury the absolution in the spirit's grave near the body's head. The tailor then went to brother Richard of Pickering, a respected confessor, and he asked whether this was a lawful and sufficient absolution. The brother said it was. And so the tailor went to all the orders of the Friars of York. And in a matter of two or three days, the tailor had secured all the masses required by the fearsome spirit. And the tailor headed home. On the way, he found the spirit's grave and he buried the absolution near the body's head. When the tailor had done all that had been asked of him, he returned home to prepare to meet with the ghost once more. However, Word of his quest had somehow gotten out. One officious neighbor in particular found Snowball and demanded that the tailor take him along on the journey. Fearing what would happen to him if he were dishonest, the tailor relented. And on the morning of his journey, he went to his neighbor's house and shook him awake. I'm going now. If you wish to come with me, let us set off and I will give you part of the writings that I carry with me because of night fears. The neighbor, having second thoughts now, said, "Uh, do you want me to go with you? And the tailor could only say, you must see to that. I will give no advice to you. Thinking a moment, the neighbor told the tailor, get you gone in the name of the Lord and may God prosper you in all things. And so the tailor set off alone as he had promised and set to meet with the spirit he found the appointed place, and he made a great circle with a cross. And he had upon him the four gospels and other holy words. And he stood in the middle of the circle. On the edge of the circle, he placed the four reliquaries in the form of a cross. And on the reliquaries were written the words of salvation, namely, Jesus of Nazareth. And in this conjuring circle, he waited for the ghost. Minutes went by. Possibly hours. And finally, a she-goat appeared. And it walked three times around the circle, screaming. (coughs) The tailor summoned the she-goat, and it fell prone upon the ground. Then rose up and transformed into the likeness of a man. Tall, horrible, and thin looking like the dead kings painted in the manuscripts. The tailor asked if all that he had done had saved the spirit. And the thin man answered, Yes, praise be to God. And I stood at your back when you buried my absolution in the grave at the ninth hour and were afraid. And the spirit told the tailor that he had reason to be afraid. For three devils were present there, who have tormented me in every way from the time that you first conjured me to the time of my absolution, suspecting that they would have me but a very little time in their custody to torment me. But then the man said, Know therefore that on Monday next I shall pass into everlasting joy with thirty other spirits. Then, completing his end of the deal, The spirit told the man to go to the nearby creek. And there he said, You will find a broad stone. Lift it up, and under it you will find a sandstone. Wash your whole body with water, and rub it with the stone, and you will be whole in a few days. Remembering the other things the ghost had told him, the tailor asked the names of the other two spirits that circled him. The spirit answered, I cannot tell you their names. And so the tailor asked why they haunted the earth. And the spirit told him that one was a layman and a soldier not from these parts. And that he found himself damned because he killed a woman great with child. The spirit said of this ghost that he will find no remedy before the day of judgment. And you will see him in the form of a bullock, without mouth or eyes, or ears, and however you conjure him, he will not be able to speak." The other spirit was a man of religion and took the shape of a hunter blowing upon a horn. The thin spirit man told the tailor that his hunter spirit would find a remedy and that he would, in the future, be conjured by a certain boy who had not yet come to manhood. Then the tailor asked the spirit, What of me? What of my spiritual condition? And the spirit answered, You are keeping wrongfully the cap and coat of one who was your friend and companion in the wars beyond the seas. Give satisfaction to him, or you will pay dearly for it. And the tailor said, But I know not where he lives. And the ghost answered, He lives in the town near the castle of Alnwick. Then Snowball the tailor asked, What is my greatest fault? And the tailor answered, Your greatest fault is because of me. Because the people sin, telling lies concerning you and bringing scandal on other dead men, saying the dead man who was conjured was he, or he, or he. The tailor asked the ghost what could be done. Should I reveal your name? No, said the ghost. But if you stay in one place, you will be rich. And in another place, you will be poor. And you have here certain enemies. Then the spirit said, I can stay no longer talking with you. Then the ghost gave one last piece of advice. To keep the writings he held with him and to place them by his head until he went to sleep. And say neither more nor less than I advise you, and keep your eyes on the ground, and look not on a wood fire for this night at least. And then the tailor and the spirit parted ways. The blind and deaf and mute bullock trailed after the tailor as far as the town of Ampleforth. The tailor tried to conjure it, but the bullock never answer and when the tailor finally found home he fell ill for several days okay as I mentioned if you enjoyed that and you wanted to hear more we're going to have more of these stories over on the members feed and also Z and I did a shop talk on this story where we break down what exactly was going on here and how weird it is so I hope you enjoyed it and happy Halloween i